If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Recorded live. Welcome to Off the Post. I'm Russ Cohen. We've got Anthony Mingione. And how are you? Doing well, Russell. How's your uh, driving going? <laughs> uh, well, I'm not driving, actually. Um, oh, good. You I'm, pulled. I was going to make sure you didn't call right here in the car. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm calling from the uh, from outside of Lemieux Rink here in, mm. in Pittsburgh, in Cranberry, New Jersey. I mean, basically the parking lot of the USHL Fall Classic. It's very uh, upscale here, and mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty much the way I'm working it. And uh, Michael Jello, welcome to you as well. Thank you. It's nice to not be forgotten. And <laughs> I've, I have called... <laughs> After I have last called, week. <laughs> and I've called some parking lots before, but yours is much preferable to the Burger King that I called from last year. Yeah, I thought it was a Wendy's yeah. last year. Wendy was Wendy's. Them. You're right. You're that right. Wendy's. Oh my god! The fact that I remembered that is sad. That's a little sad. <laughs> Good for Wendy's, though. They got a, they got a little plug out of it. Now the um, I'll say one thing. I can give a little nugget to uh, Flyers fans. Uh, Noah Cates had a had a really good game at the Fall Classic. He he picked up right where he left off from training camp, and and he was in on an assist. A really great assist, like almost like a no look turnaround pass, uh, but also was playing pretty physical, and the speed is getting better. So uh, people, you know, that's a heck of a pick from the Flyers because I think he was like a fifth rounder. He was out of high yeah. school, so that was you know so far uh, there's there's potential there. Yeah, I think for long term development. I mean, Kate, they were talking up, and he looked pretty good in developmental camp too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was definitely someone who who stood out during uh, during that camp. And again, you know, it's a long term investment for him. And uh, you know, the, you know, a couple of years down the line here, the Flyers will get uh, a bit of a better beat on him uh, after he completes uh, what his current, you know, within the USHL. So yeah, it's fascinating. We're gonna be very interesting. Uh, interesting to see how he comes along. Yeah, and you know, some of those guys are on the on the long track, and that's fine. Um, the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have a goalie here, Yuri Patera, who I spoke about earlier on the Buzzcast, and he he's really good. He was to me, he was one of the best goalies here, and so that's that's something where they got him in the sixth round, and you know maybe he's five years away, but that's another you know long term guy that they get, and then there's there's some pretty good players here. Um, one Finn named Sample Ranta, who is uh, draft eligible, had a hat trick tonight, so. That was pretty good, and he had a hat trick pretty early going. So there, there's mm-hmm. been some some really good fins here. Sioux City has two of them. So uh, Emilio Peterson played in this game, and I, I wrote about him about a month ago. So there, there's been some good guys here. It's 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 been a real good tournament, and it's been a lot of fun. I'm going to see like one more game tomorrow, and then I got to drive back. So there you go. And that's where we're gonna we're gonna be with that. Now, what's up? Uh, we'll give you a moment, Mike, to uh, tell us what's new with the Leafs. Well, um, they're in the final seconds of a 
their game against the Detroit Red Wings, uh, leading three to two. Um, you know, guys named Nealander, Matthews, and Marner have scored goals for them. So it's not like uh, you know uh, players that we don't know. Um, but I think tonight's lineup is the closest that uh, they're, they're, they've gotten to what's the opening night lineup because Dominic Moore uh, played on the fourth line and they, they're playing both uh, Callie Rosen and Andreas Borgman, the two Swedes that they signed as free agents. Uh, no Martin Marinson need apply. Okay. Um, uh, so uh, we can continue that later. Uh, Scott's on the line. Okay. Well, we now have uh... – Welcome, Scott Powers, to the show from the uh, Athletic in Chicago. Scott, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Real good. Real good. We appreciate you coming on. We'll uh, talk a little Blackhawks. I'll, I'll kick it off. Uh, about a month ago, I was in Toronto for the uh, NHLPA rookie photo shoot, and one Alex DeBrinkett was there, and so I interviewed him, and he told me, but he wouldn't get into great detail that Chicago had a plan for him, and then I asked him a series of questions about Patrick Kane. And after the discussion, it seemed like that was the plan. And so right now, this moment kind of looks like that might really happen, right, with maybe Nick Schmaltz, Schmaltz uh, centering him? Yeah, actually, the last the last few days they've had uh, they've had him playing with uh, Artman Nisimov okay. and Ryan Hartman on the third line. Um, so even I, I think coming into the preseason, there was uh, there were some questions whether Dabrinkit would make this team or not. Um, you know, it, it, he played well in Traverse City at the rookie tournament and scored every game and kind of built a little bit more of a buzz and came into camp and, um, you know, he got a chance to play with Kane and Schmaltz early on and, and played well and um, they've tried him with different guys and I, I think they've uh, just wanted to see what uh, what he's capable of with, uh, you know, I think he's played in four of the four of the five preseason games so he, he certainly got a long look and um, and, and he's continued to, you know, he's, I think he has one goal, a couple assists. Um, he's, uh, you know, he, he's done what he's done throughout his career. He finds spaces. He, he gets shots off. I think he's something like 16 or 17 shots on goal through four games. So, um, you know, there's always going to be questions about his size and, and the kid's still 19 years old. Uh, so he's young. So you're going to have to live with some mistakes, but, um, yeah, I, I think he's, he's surprised a lot of people how well he's, uh, he's adapted and kind of, you know, really continues to do what he's, he's done throughout his career and done so with different line mates and, um, you know, it looks like Patrick Sharp, be, Sharp will be on the second line with Schmaltz and Kane as of right now. And, uh, you know, the Brinkhead at least has himself a top nine role and, um, you know, always a chance to kind of move around. But uh, I think there's a lot of talk about him, whether he's starting in the NHL or, or AHL. And right now it looks like he's uh, he's got himself a spot with the, the lineup in the, at least after the season opener. God, certainly one of the um, more interesting things right now in terms of discussion for the Blackhawks is how their defense is uh, is shaping up. I believe that I see that uh, Billy Polka was he on? I'm not so out correctly or not. Was he put on? Was he put through waivers or is he still? Yeah, on he's put on waivers today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. In terms of the Blackhawks' uh, defense, in terms of how you see it sort of shaping up uh, as we get closer to the uh, the start of the season. Yeah, I think this is the area where there's a lot of question marks for. Um, you know, I, I think the Blackhawks, uh, their forwards, I, I think they're in really good shape. The fact that Nick Schmaltz has taken a, a really big step forward and the Brinkett's the, you know, the real deal, and, and Patrick Sharp comes back healthy, you, you have a pretty good top nine, especially with Saad benefiting. Uh, you know, Tate's probably benefiting from Saad. And um, I, I think the defense were, were the, the large question marks. You, you, have, you know what you have in Duncan Keith. Um, but besides that, they're, they're just, uh, there's no certainties. You know, Conor Murphy, they're high on, but 
Uh, you know, a lot of analytics say that, you know, he's a, he's a question mark for what he did in Arizona and whether he adapts to the way the Blackhawks play. Uh, Brent Seabrook's game has kind of deteriorated the last couple of years and, um, you know, just hasn't been the same player. And then, uh, you know, trading Nicholas, Nicholas Stromelson and uh, you take away some of that stability. Even Trevor Reams, like some guys who have been around at least for a few years, um, and now you, you know, you have Michael Kempney, who, who you know, his first year in the league was had some ups and downs, played in about 60 games. Uh, Gustav Forsling, you know, put in a bigger role, and he only played 40 games. And then they, then they had some new newcomers. And you got Jan Ruta, who's a, uh, he's from the Czech Republic, and mm-hmm. um, you know, he's coming from the Czech league over to the NHL. And then uh, Cody Franson too, where uh, you know they got him on a PPO right now, uh, but it looks like he, you know, he may earn himself a spot. Um, whether it's the uh, you know the sixth defenseman on the right, or you know he might be the seventh or eighth defenseman. With, looks like they might keep uh, Jordan Orsley too, that was with the Oilers before. So uh, you have a lot of newcomers, a lot of guys um, you know that, that don't have a lot of experience, and you're asking a lot of. Um, so I, I think the Blackhawks can play a little bit, wait and see with that. You know, see how that how that progresses early on. Uh, the one upside they have during the season is they can utilize Marion Holes as LTIR. Um, and maybe go out, go out and get themselves a defenseman if that's not if that's not working. So um, they're asking guys to take steps up, and you know, you know, Forsling and Kempney especially, they they want them. Uh, they talked all off season about those guys taking uh, the next step and, and being more consistent in, in the lineup. And um, so, but yeah, right now it, it's hard to say whether that's going to happen. I mean, they they've looked all right in, in preseason at times, and um, you know, I, I'm curious to see how Murphy adapts too, but. Um, you know, aside from Keith, I, I think uh, it's the one area where that the Blackhawks, if, if they may fail, it's, it's with the defense. Yeah, yeah certainly. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Mike. I was just going to say certainly Joel Quenville won't be thrilled with that. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, Scott, the you know the Blackhawks benefited from having a capable backup in Scott Darling, but now he's gone to Carolina to be the number one. Uh, Corey Crawford, you know, that I'm sure they hope he avoids injury. If you look at the the two backups or the two potential backups in Anton Forsberg and J.F. Berube, um, Forsberg, a lot of people in Buffalo wanted the Sabres to trade for that guy a couple years ago when they were tanking to guarantee themselves 30th place, and Berube really didn't play that well with the Islanders last year. Um, Who's winning that job, and how have they been playing? Yeah, you know, I think you know they came in the preseason thinking that Forsberg was the guy, um, and, and through two preseason games, he's you know he, he's been really good. Where um, you know I think it's been thirty plus saves and only allowed two goals in in his two preseason games. Um, you know they were high in him, and that's part of the reason why they thought the Panarin trade uh, worked too. Obviously, they got sobbed back. They saw Forsberg. They projected him as the number two behind Crawford, and uh, liked his potential just based on what he was doing in the A's on Columbus. Um, you know, doesn't have a lot of NHL experience and, um, you know, it's kind of struggled in, in his few opportunities there. But, um, you know, they kind of projected him as a, as a big goalie who had an upside. And, um, you know, again, it's only preseason. But two games, he's, you know, he's looked solid and big and uh, been, you know, been pretty good and faced a lot of shots. So, um, yeah, I've, you know, Barube struggled in his one preseason game. You know, they'll probably uh, I expect them to send him down and put him through waivers. I'd be surprised if anyone picks him up. Um, and you know he'd probably be the number one guy in uh, in Rockford and the HL affiliate. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think Forsberg. I think so far they've been happy with him, and um, you know I'm curious to see how that plays out too. Where the Blackhawks have relied so much on uh, on their number two goaler goaltender in, in recent years, whether it's Ray Emery or Ranty Ranta or or Scott Darling, and you know the most recent guy, um, you know Crawford's, uh, uh, you know had some injuries the last few years and hasn't been consistently stayed. 
uh, stayed in the net, so that, that guy's often been relied upon. Um, so I, I think that is a, that is a big area, and if Forsberg uh, works out, I think, um, you know, obviously that's, that's beneficial for the Blackhawks, but there, there are question marks just where he is inexperienced and doesn't have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of initial time behind him. Scott, what would the ripples be if the Blackhawks didn't make the playoffs this year? What would, what would the, how would the fan base react? How would management react? Yeah, I, I think there there have to be some bigger, uh, you know, bigger slashes than where, uh, you know, Stan Bowman addressed. Uh, he thought the best way to go about changes this summer and uh, and made some drastic ones where you know John Wilson and Panarin and um, you know uh, Van Riemsdyk and Marcus Kruger. Um, you go down the line and and obviously what happened to Holsa too. It just the lineup. Uh, and the experience has changed, and, and they've gone in a different direction in in, in some ways. And um, you know, if this team doesn't succeed, where you've had you know two consecutive first round exits, and uh, whether they don't make the playoffs or if they get bounced again early, um, you know, I, I think it, it comes down to Quinville and Bowman, and um, you know, where where are the issues there? And you know, I think you can point to um, you know, I think so far some of the things have been just uh, managing the cap at times where. Um, you know they've had to trade players because because they've had to pay Bickle and um, some of these deals are coming back to haunt them. And even now, Brent Seabrook's deal is one. Um, you know you kind of wonder in the future if his play doesn't kind of become steady and he continues to uh, just on the decline. What what that deal is going to look like in the future? So um, you know I, I think you know Bowman was aggressive and thought he needed to change. Uh, but but if this team doesn't succeed, I, I think a lot of it falls on him because. Um, you know, honestly, I you know I I, I thought Quindle did a pretty good coaching job last season. That was a team that was pretty young, and uh, you know, obviously had some lucky times. Uh, you know, they had the points that they had where a lot of analytics said they just weren't possessing the puck and some of the things that they were doing in the past. But um, you know, for that team to be as successful as it was last year, and him to do so with a lot of rookies, I thought Quindle uh, did a pretty good job. And um, so, you know, I, I think right now it's uh, I think both those guys, you know, I think they've had their differences. Or certainly Bowman. You know, firing Mike Kitchen this summer. Kitchen was a guy that has been with Quinville for a long time, and they've been friends. And um, I think they didn't see eye to eye with some of the moves this summer. But uh, for this to succeed, they they got to be on the same page. And you know, in the past when this happened, the Blackhawks have lost you know back to back first round exits. You know, uh, four or five years ago, they came back and and won a cup. So um, I'm sure that's what they're banking on is they can do this again and, and rebuild and be successful. But yeah, I, I think there's a lot of pressure on both those guys to win this season. Scott, another uh, just kind of piggybacking up off of an uh, earlier point with uh, Russ made with regards to Alex uh, DeBrinkate. Also, you, you're in a recent uh, piece for the Athletic. You also uh, obviously pointed to Vinny Henestrosa, who obviously had a really an just an outstanding play to uh, Tommy Wingle the other night uh, feeding the puck, and also with John Hayden. Um, I know you, as of right now, you're looking at them probably to, obviously to start the season likely with Rockford, but. You're, in your in your view, you're you're pretty sure that these are guys, guys have a chance of uh, potentially cracking the lineup at some point this year for the big club. Yeah, I think Hayden's got a spot. I think he's proven enough that mm-hmm. he's, um, you know, the kid that went to Yale and 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 signed last year and and you know got yep. he, he burned his contract and played right away and uh, looked lost a little bit at times and came in this year and he's he's, he's kind of just found himself and a little bit more uh, just comfortable with NHL and he's a, he's a big body and you know has a little little offensive upside and you know I, I think they they like him on the fourth line and you know potentially in the third. Uh Hinnestrosa has played really well and um I think he may just end up in Rockford based on who they signed this summer and um you know Bowman thought that they need to get a little bit grittier and some energy guys and so 
some veterans. They went out and got the young Tommy Wingles and Lance Boma, um, uh, and they re-signed Thomas Jericho and, and Jordan Tutu, all these guys that, uh, you know, um, aren't waiver exempt. So the fact that there's some business decisions ahead of the Blackhawks, I think a guy like Mestrosa, despite playing well and, and probably outplaying some of those guys, will probably end up in Rockford. But, um, you know, he, he's another guy that has a lot of offensive upside where, um, you know, every level he's played, he, he's, he's produced and, you know, he's done a little bit in, in Rockford. And he, even in the NHL last year, you know, I think he scored six six goals and five and five and mm-hmm. has some potential and, and finally putting together a little bit off, you know, with his speed. So, um, you know, whether he doesn't crack, whether he cracks the lineup now, I, it may be hard, but he could be someone that gets, you know, one of the first guys they get a call up and, you know, could maybe play on the third or fourth line and provide some that speed he has. Now, if we look at the uh, some of the other teams in the division, the St. Louis Blues, are they literally hanging the hopes of Jake Allen? Like, do you think that that's going to be the difference of making the playoffs or not and trying to have a run or not? Yeah, you know, it's they've been you know last few years they've they've such a been such a part of big part of the conversation, and now you have the Robbie Fabry, um, the injury and. Um, you know, a change in coaches in the last year too. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of the Blues. You know, I, I you know, I, I think they surprised some people last year by by advancing and uh, you know getting past the first round. And um, you know, I, I think they still have some high end talent. And when you look at uh, you know some of their forwards and obviously Tarasenko and even you know their first defensive pair, um, it, it's just I think it'd be question about the depth there and you know whether Jake Allen can be that guy. Um, you know, I, I think Fabry was, uh, a lot of expectations put on him taking another step this year and, and yep. being a part of that team. So, um, you know, I, I think it's an injury that could, could affect them. And, you know, based on how difficult that central is going to be and, and you go up and down it, there, there, there aren't many, you know, many cupcakes. And it, and it made, you know, even for the Blackhawks, yeah, I, I certainly think that it's difficult for them to uh, be assured a spot in, in that central if some of these other teams click. So, um, yeah, I, I find the Blues to be one of the more interesting teams where I, I just I don't have a handle what that team's going to be, and um, you know having some of those injuries that impact them, whether that uh, whether that kind of slows them down. Scott, do you um in terms of the team that actually you know obviously knocked out the Blackhawks last year, the Nashville Predators, quite a remark, certainly a remarkable rumble. I think most of us would have agreed that they were better than than, than your average uh, low seed going into the postseason. They've had some interesting changes, obviously, going into this uh, into this off season. Uh, certainly, um, you know, they obviously bring back Victor Arvidsson, and most of their signings, obviously, were pretty, you know, pretty well done with regards to from a budgetary standpoint. They do lose a little bit of identity, obviously, with with uh, with with, um, with Fisher obviously retiring, but they add a Nick Benino. How, what are your views? Do you think they're a team that can do a repeat deep run, or do you think it was that that might have been their apex? No, no, I, I think the team's capable of something still. It's uh, you know a team that probably underachieved during the regular season, where they weren't getting those uh, those overtime and shootout points, and and they were better than uh, than a lot of teams, and you know probably weren't that far from the Blackhawks when you look at some of those uh, I guess those lucky points that they picked up, but uh, the Blackhawks picked up, but. Um, yeah, I, I think right now, you know, Nashville's kind of got to weather the storm without Ryan Ellis, and um, you know that defense is pretty deep still. Um, but I, I think with them, they're a different team and an elite team. And um, you know, you, you have of Arvinson and um, you know Forsberg, and um, uh, yeah, I, I just down the line, you you have some guys who can score and produce, and 
Um, yeah, I, I think their defense is, even without Ellis, is still one of the top in the league. And, uh, you know, Rene was pretty good last year, and, and, and he's a little bit older now. Um, so I, I guess that they need him to maintain a level. Um, you know, it, it helps when they have a defense like that. But, I, yeah, I, I don't think the priority is going to sneak up on everyone. And uh, I, I think when they're healthy, they're they're, they're, the, they're that elite team. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I think a lot of teams are, are chasing them based on what they did last year in the playoffs. And, um, you know, if things go right and they're winning some of those games in overtime and in the shootout, I don't think that's a team that, that struggles to get in the playoffs last year and they're right at, right at top of the central too. But, um, yeah, I, I think the team is also riding a lot of confidence from what they did last year. So, you know, I, I certainly put them at the top of the list for the central. Scott, one of the teams that's chasing Nashville is Dallas. They made a boatload of changes, adding Radulov, adding Hansel, uh, getting Mathot from Vegas, and, you know, Ben Bishop probably is the biggest add with their subpar goaltending over the last couple of years. Ken Hitchcock comes in there. To, to my eyes, this is a team that needs to win now because we know Hitch, I think he's got a limited window in terms of, you know, wearing on star players, and I'm not sure how long it'll be before he gets underneath the skin of, George, of uh, Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. What, what is your read on the stars? Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, obviously the Stars are kind of a running gun, and uh, his stock will make them a little more defensive, so maybe maybe that works in their favor. Uh, a year ago, obviously, a lot of people talking about their potential and, um, you know, just just never clicked, and some of it had to do with injuries. And, um, you know, they go out and address the goaltending issue, and, you know, I think people are mixed on Ben Bishop, but it, it should be an upgrade. And, you know, he, he, had, his, uh, he had his successes in Tampa Bay, so... Um, you know, I, again, I, I, the team that has a lot of, you know, high-end players and, um, yeah, you know, it, the depth's a, a question, but, you know, Radulov adding to, uh, to Ben and, and, um, and Sagan, you know, that's, that's, that's some pretty good talent. And, um, you know, I, I think there's some questions about the depth of the defense where, uh, you know, you have Klingberg and, um, you have some younger guys in the back end, whether those guys can take a step and, and progress and, um, you know, for, for some of these teams in the Central, it does come down to goaltending, you know, them and Winnipeg, some teams. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, they, they like the move they made with Bishop. And, you know, you add in if Hitchcock can have that a positive effect with them to being a little bit more defensive and, um, you know, still able to keep some of that offense. You, you have to think Dallas is a bounce back year and, um, you know, gets right back in that playoff picture. Well, thanks, Scott. We really appreciate you coming on. Everybody can follow him at by Scott Powers on on Twitter, and uh, we'll uh, look for you this season on The Athletic, and uh, appreciate it. No, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. Thanks, Scott. All right, guys, we're getting close to the end here, but I feel like I need to have a, a pumpkin spice intervention with Anthony. <laughs> I, I, I was a little taken aback when, when he – tweaked me on Twitter this evening about having a pumpkin spice coffee. <laughs> Anthony, you are all about flavor and taste, and you know that pumpkin spice <laughs> is like a fake flavor. Can you uh, answer for this? Can I answer for this? Yes, I, I had my had my 16-ounce cup of coffee, and I enjoyed it. So, you know, there's certain things that, um, you know, I'm allowed to like, and uh, just because it doesn't jive with your particular uh, failings in your tongue, um, that's entirely on you bud is this like a gateway but is this like a gateway product now to other pumpkin spice products that you oh no yeah, what's, what's, for me it's what's, always what's, coffee it's always what, it's always it's, to me, it's always like, the coffee 
once he tries pumpkin spice, he's gonna he's gonna start mainlining maple bacon something or other. Oh, <laughs> listen, I had a oh, no. He want to hear something disgusting. I had um, a Greek, you know, a, you know, Greek, you know, Chobani Greek yogurt in our fridge. Uh-huh. And I did so they had they had a, I know everybody's about to turn their nose up here in a second, but um, they had a random one which was uh, just grab which was it happened to be a maple flavored one. Uh, holy. God, gentlemen, I, I, it was one of the most horrific things I've ever tasted in my life. I, I mean, did. and I like my maple, but holy God, Mike, I, I, um, that I needed, a, I, I literally, I, 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 I had to stick my mouth underneath the sink just to sort of continue oh. to wash it out. That's how bad it was. I've had that one, Anthony. It was like, it was like, it was somebody put a tablespoon of log it's cabin. So, it's so sweet. It's like, I feel like I was going to have, I feel like I was going to have a, I was going to have a, Gonna drop in a diabetic coma. It was so bad. Oh my god! It was, it was so, it was At least so it bad. wasn't Mrs. Butterworth. At least it wasn't Mrs. Butterworth. That's it was so that bad. That, it was so bad that Aunt Jemima was turning over in her grave. All right. Anyhow, we uh, we're done with this parking lot edition of uh, Off the Post, and we'll be back in our normal spots next week. And we appreciate everybody tuning in, and we'll see everybody next time. Take care, everybody.